and welcome to another episode of Not D&D, which is brought to you by EM World Live, which of course is part of EM World, the tabletop news and review site. Uh, I'm your host, Jessica, and this week with me, I'm very excited because we have Hannah and Evan here. Thanks so much Hi. for coming on. Thanks for having us. Of course. I'm so excited to be talking uh, about your game. Um, so uh, completely different vibe to last week's where we had a more kind of crunchy combat based system. This is a very rules light system. Damn the man. Save the music. Um, so completely different end of the RPG spectrum. So I'm really happy to have you on to talk about that. Um, if you are watching live, hello. Uh, we are live right now. So if you have any questions, uh, ask us in the comments. Uh, join in the conversation. We're just a bunch of nerds hanging out talking about tabletop RPGs. So if you're one as well, you're welcome to join. Um, but yeah, before we get uh, started, about uh, you know talking about the game and stuff into details. I always ask the guest about kind of their background or origin story, as someone <laughs> far more excitingly put it. Um, so I'll just start talking to you guys about that, really. So Hannah, what was your first uh, experience with tabletop RPGs? Yeah, I feel like I came to tabletop RPGs a little bit late. Um, okay. Evan and I had actually started a community center in the town that we lived oh, wow. in. Um, <laughs> we always we were interested in making a video game. Yeah. That was sort that of the start. And that was something that we were planning on doing at the time. Yeah. And uh, we opened up this community center and we were running a youth program mm -hmm. there. And in the first day, uh, like on opening day, a bunch of tabletop RPG designers showed up. Um, like, uh, Apparently this area is just We just like them. live Western Massachusetts, <laughs> have a lot of role-playing game designers. So uh, yeah, Vincent yeah. and Meg Baker showed up on the first day. Vincent and mm -hmm. Meg made Apocalypse World, which is a game mm -hmm. that now like a ton of role-playing games are based off of. So uh, that was kind of the origin story. We were like, mm -hmm. well, I guess now we're going to make role-playing games. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so did, did that crowd. <laughs> the people at the community center just come along and start playing games like, oh, you have to try this and get involved. And then you just started. Just no, they were looking for way. community, not I mean, gaming. Uh, yeah, they, I think they were yeah. just, they were they there were looking for friends. There was no, designers. <laughs> no, no peer pressure. But <laughs> uh, and, and Evan, so what was the first kind of tabletop RPG you, you played then? Did any of these designers well, just like push their game on you? <laughs> the first the first one of their games that I played was Joshua A.C. Newman's Shock, which is sort of mm -hmm. like a, a game that generates episodes of Star Trek, like oh, science wow. fiction, little stories with mm -hmm. like a ethical quandary, um, yeah. which was real good. I did play D&D &D when I was a child. I got mm -hmm. sent okay. my uncle's like first edition books mm -hmm. and carried on that legacy. Uh I was I was an unethical D and D player. I took bribes oh, no? from my players to give them advantage. Oh right! I wonder what you were going to say there. I was like, "Wow, what does that mean?" You took bribes from your players. Elementary. To GM. I was like eight years old, if and my friend eight, Alex was bribes, like, yes. "Like, what if I gave you a dollar? Then do I get through the door?" And I was like, "You do." Yeah. You know what? I know fully grown adults that do that sort of thing. I'm like, hey, for a dollar, I baked, I baked a cake for the session. Uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, great, great. Um, but yeah, oh, that's it's really great to hear though that uh, some of the rules light systems were kind of your introduction to that though, because like I think D and D is is a lot uh, the introduction for a lot of people as well. So it's really mm -hmm. cool that you kind of came to it in that way. Um, I'm talking about the uh, talking about the game, obviously. So what what we're here to discuss? Uh, down the man, save the music. Um, it sounds like your experiences working 
building community was like a really strong you know theme or inspiration in, in making uh the game could you could you talk to me a little bit about and obviously music as well but can you talk a little bit about your inspiration and ideas behind making it yeah i mean that's you know it's it's so funny that you said that and i i hadn't even really thought of the connection of like how much i mean <laughs> community yeah. is a is has always been a theme in one of mm -hmm. in all of our games um the first game that we made while we were still running the community center is called questlandia and mm -hmm. in that game, it's like you create this massive fantasy kingdom that's then beset by all of these troubles and watch it sort of fall apart while your characters are trying to do something that they care about. And yeah. with Dan the Man, we really wanted to like make that scale much smaller. Uh, mm -hmm. And also I just generally love 90s movies and I love the genre of like uh, something, everything's gonna go wrong in one day. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah, that was our, our inspiration was like taking Questlandia and making this scale sort of as small as as small as we could get it. Yeah. Amazing. And um, in terms of, uh, you know, when you were, how how long did that kind of design process take? Did it take a little bit shorter because you already had something you were going to do? Or was there a lot of kind of time play testing and, and building it? Well, it gave us a chance because it was based on that first game. Mm -hmm. We were like, oh, and we can also fix everything in the first game when we make this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And that had a mixed blessing where it's like, on one mm -hmm. hand, we had this foundation to work from, which was, mm -hmm. you know, a head start, but also we had this foundation that was holding us to itself. Yeah. We had mm -hmm. to break away from it to come up with some of the ideas and damn the man, which mm -hmm. was tricky. Uh, somehow it ended up working. Yeah, it, it's fun. I mean, it, it can be helpful to start from like from a template, you know, it's it's helpful to not start mm -hmm. from zero. Yeah. Uh, and also it can be harder. So yeah, but we ended up adding fun things like damn the man has much more like, it's much more relationship focused, because we really mm -hmm. wanted it to be a game about like a bunch of these people who know each other really well working in this little uh, record store together. I was going to say community center together, but um, maybe <laughs> hey, be I saw the link. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. uh, working in this indie record store together. So there's there's a lot more mechanics in Damn the Man Save the Music about like relationship building and and saving mm -hmm. your relationships with your friends. Mm -hmm. I guess Amazing. one one major difference was that in Questlandia we made it so there was no game master, mm -hmm. nobody in charge. Uh, everybody figures it out together at the same time. And by the time we got to Damn the Man, we were like, no more of that. <laughs> <laughs> and it also, it fit because it's all based around one record store. Mm -hmm. And so we're just like, who plays the boss? The GM yeah. plays the boss. Oh, he's just the boss. And they're like, uh, suddenly it all just fell into place where it's like, mm -hmm. game masters are kind of bosses anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, they're like the boss of the game. So it it, it helped from a story perspective, too. Awesome. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit around, but I should probably do a, an introduction to it. So if somebody has, has never heard of your game, how do you describe it to them? How do you introduce people to Damn the Man, Save the Music? Uh, so Damn the Man, Save the Music is a game where you are all a bunch of people working at an independent record store in the early 90s and your store is about to be bought out by the man, uh, by like a big CD conglomerate. And yeah. it's your job to save your store. You have until midnight, you know, before 
the store is handed off. Um, but in the meantime, you have things that you care about. Like you maybe want to mm -hmm. get a gig and score your first concert. Maybe mm -hmm. you have a debt to pay back to your parents or maybe you got to confess to a crush. Yeah. Um, find the store's missing cat. Uh, so <laughs> it's, and if the plot sounds familiar, it's inspired by the movie empire records, which is a mm -hmm. favorite movie of mine. Um, yeah from high school and also just like, you know, those nineties movies where everything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm sold. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're sold. sold. Yeah. Well, if, if you were also sold and that's what takes straight away, you can get the book at turtlebun.com straight away. Uh, but we still are going to be here for the rest of the hour. If you want to hear more and then talk about it. Uh, we can say more too. More. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if Great. you're not well, sold, there's more time. So. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, we'll go on and do that. Um, well, yeah. So, so like you mentioned before, so the game has a facilitator, a GM, the boss, um, and then three to four players and uh, plays in about, in about three hours would you say so it's designed to be like a a one-shot kind of scenario that obviously yeah. you can play different scenarios again and again but you're playing mm -hmm. through this kind of uh, period of time of day um so let's talk about the game a little bit so um it's described as a rules light sort of game so what are the rules and mechanics in the game do you want to answer that sure so <laughs> the boss uh we're all working for the boss and the mm -hmm. boss is going to give us our tasks for the day the boss will single out one of the employees and say, hang up the posters for the big shot who's going to get here. The boss has a list of all the to-do list of what needs to get done on this day mm -hmm. that they're pulling from. So then as an employee, you hear the boss say this thing to you and you're like, do I want to do that though? Uh, <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of sidetracked by this yeah. thing that feels more important. Yeah. On your turn, you get to choose if you're going to go straight for what the boss says and try to get mm -hmm. that done, which will give you an advantage in getting the thing done. Uh, but you can also choose to go hang out with a friend. Be mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with somebody. And you have these relationships with your fellow employees that are mm -hmm. they're cool or not cool. If you're not cool okay. with somebody, you might want to go and hash it out and try to get cool yeah. again. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and... You also have, as mentioned before, a sort of personal goal, maybe mm -hmm. trying to build up the courage to confess a crush or find a cat mm -hmm. or score a gig. And you can kind of wander away and work on that. So each one of these decisions sort of changes the structure of your scene and also how the roles will work at the end of your scene. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to chase your goal, you're going to you're always trying to do what the boss said to some extent, like the role sure, will yeah. determine if that yeah. gets done and if it helps out. Uh, but you won't necessarily do as well if you're blowing it off. But you might mm -hmm. instead make progress on achieving your goal, change your relationships to something better, or just have fun blowing off work. <laughs> uh, Why not, yeah. When things go wrong, when for for the store as a whole, new troubles are introduced. Okay. And this is similar to Questlandia. In Questlandia, you'd have like wars would erupt and starvation. Mm -hmm. 
But here in the store, it's more like protesters show up, being like, this is devil music or (laughs) cash Uh, register breaks. Yeah. (laughs) I can't remember exactly what our categories are for the troubles. It's like community, morale. One of them, I think, is literally just kind of structural. Like, how is your store still standing? Like a rafter fall. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So usually, usually by the end of the game, you do have this, like, these escalating and compounding series of troubles that, you Mm -hmm. know, by the end, things will usually be on fire. Morale will be pretty low. There's protesters outside. Uh, but you can often scrape by and save your store, like, just in the nick of time. Okay, awesome. Um, so, mechanically, you talked a little bit about kind of dice rolls and also the troubles. So, what does that look like when we're playing? Is it, like, a, a bunch of six-sided dice that we have or, like, yeah? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It uses – so, we used, like, a more simplified version of Questlandia's rules. Um, mm-hmm. You're rolling – what is it, like, two – it's been so long since I've played the game. Uh, two, <laughs> it's, like, just a few – Six-sided dice. It's just a couple six-sided dice. It's like a one-on-one face-off. Yep. But with you rolling against the opposition, but you have the opportunity to modify your rolls based on like if a friend is helping you in the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you're being a good employee and you just double down on the task, you get to roll a couple mm -hmm. dice and choose the best of the pair. Uh, And there's a few tracks of things that are happening, Mm -hmm. especially when you get a tie. I forgot about ties. Oh yeah, <laughs> ties are complicated. <laughs> ties like give you this like this uh, unresolved tension. Oh yeah, that of, is like, a cool. Role. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't quite figure out what happened with this. Yeah. There's some lingering mystery of the scene, and it starts coming with you to future scenes. Yeah, you have to like take the burden with you to future scenes, and the, mm-hmm. the longer you wait to sort of resolve that unanswered question, the worse it could get for you. Right. Um, I think it makes it so it's sort of like the stakes rise for future scenes where everything can go right or wrong all at once. Which it kind of makes sense narratively. It's like your boss is like, hey, what happened to this missing money in the cash register? And you're like, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to deal with it later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got it. I'm totally on it. And then you just take that with you to a future scene, but eventually you're going to have to answer to them. Yeah. So that's like the passive aggressive tension of a tie. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And um, the 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 troubles as well. So how do you how do you decide what they're going to be? Is that something that the the GM just kind of narrates and decides for you, or how do you so pick them up? Those uh, map to you. Also have a deck of standard playing cards. So the game mm-hmm. you just need like six sided dice, standard playing cards, and those troubles match to the suits of cards. So they're mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game. You're drawing a certain number of troubles to sort of set the troubles that are starting you out for the game, and then mm-hmm. I think between like rounds, everybody has three scenes. um, Mm -hmm. And between rounds, after everybody's taken their turn, troubles escalate. Um, So you're like drawing a new trouble randomly that will compound your existing troubles. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I like the spontaneity of that because then you're kind of reacting to something new and it's evolving kind of the story as you go along. It's a nice prompt. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so with the kind of rules as well, so um, I noticed when I was looking at the game, there's a kind of a structure of play with with different acts. Uh, could you uh-huh. talk us through kind of how, how that works? So if we sat down to play, what would our three hours kind of look like? Well, what makes this day important, besides the fact that everything would collapse if you don't succeed, is <laughs> that you have a uh, has-been musician, a big shot, coming to do mm-hmm. a record signing at your store. This is the last ditch attempt to raise some money. And uh, our day is kind of structured around 
the big shot's arrival. Mm -hmm. Act one is all preparation. Like, are we going to advertise? Are we going to uh, fulfill his requests to have uh, a certain kind of snack or beverage around or whatever it is that he uh, flew in ahead of him for a request? Then the big shot is here and we have the record signing itself. And, uh, you know, it's calamitous. It's just awful. And we're trying to deal with the ramifications of a unpredictable, unstable musician, uh, unhappy customers. Usually some shoplifters. Theft, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and each each of the acts also have some suggested scenes that the GM can pull from. So within those mm -hmm. acts, there's like a lot of different scenes that they can use to kind of like nudge the, you know, like make sure that they're slotting in an appropriate scene for the act. Um, yeah. And the GM's also um, thinking about which player and which character they want to send on which mission mm -hmm. uh, to sort of yeah, determine the pace and have some flexibility in like how to highlight different characters, how to work with the players to get the best scene they can get. Mm -hmm. Each one of these acts culminates in a montage where everybody gets like a micro scene as we just sort of like shift and look at how everybody's doing at this stage in the day, mm -hmm. which generally is more and more dire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, okay. usually, that's a, it's a, yeah. it's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. <laughs> Things are supposed to go pretty wrong. Uh, mm. The resolution's supposed to arrive at 11.59. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. You were going to say? Oh, no. The, yeah, the montages are fun. There's a montage between every one of these acts, and it's a chance to, like, if you want to and you have a playlist, mm -hmm. like, you can actually put in a song in the background and mm -hmm. just kind of narrating, like, what everybody's doing between scenes. Um, as we were talking about the game today and, like, kind of refamiliarizing ourselves with it, because it's been, you know, a little bit since we've, like, had the opportunity to run the game, mm -hmm. uh, we were also remembering that. It, kind of an early problem that we had when we were playtesting was that people have such different relationships to music and really different, um, just yeah. like different levels of knowledge around 90s music and like mm -hmm. music history in general. So sometimes we would have these really mismatched groups around people who were like Metallica and this, mm -hmm. this music and that music and Led Zeppelin yeah. and other people are like, I don't like, I don't have a lot of touchstones for this, but I love role-playing mm -hmm. games and I still want to play the game. Um, so we do have like a lot of rules around inventing fictional genres, inventing fictional bands. And that's something that mm -hmm. ended up working out so well. Like it made the game better. It also solved this social problem of having yeah. some awkwardness at the table. So uh, lots of good, memorable fictional bands come up. So yeah. It's a really good part of the game. I liked some of the genres I saw and I think in, in one of the guys and it's called like Ernest Lady with a guitar was like a genre yeah. of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we all remember that. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean when you say that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned that because I was about to say the game is so much about music and obviously for some people, if, if, you know, you're really into 90s music and you have a lot of knowledge about it, you're going to jump right in and have loads of reference points. But it's really glad that there's a system in place that if if you're not, maybe if you spent the 90s listening to the Spice Girls, 
Uh, <laughs> maybe you can still approach the table and pretend you're one of the cool characters and things like that. So that's great yeah. to hear. Um, speaking of of characters, uh, so much of this game is, like you say, about kind of relationships, and uh, a lot of the scenes are about you know uh, different players kind of having you know moments and you know exploring things together. Um, so can we talk a little bit about kind of the characters and and how you would build a character and and you know what sort of yeah. Talk about the characters, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to sort of half answer? I can answer what I remember. Sure. Um, uh, we built the characters around like archetypes, some archetypes mm-hmm. that you would see in 90s movies. Um, so what are some of our archetypes? It's like we have the the brain, the flirt who's up there, um, the mm-hmm. the local poet or the I'd say the like the aspiring poet, the local rock star. Mm-hmm. Um and we also tried to, like the flirt is actually a good example because we were also really mm-hmm. trying to not lean into some of the like most problematic uh, tropes that you see in some uh-huh. of these 90s movies that haven't aged well. So, uh, yeah. you know, like with, with the flirt, like we have these prompts for kind of how to play your character that are like uh, close with everyone, but how do they really feel? Use others as boxes to unlock. Says the thing everyone else is afraid to. Like the flirt's one of my favorite characters because they become like this really admirable character that's like, yeah, I want to like figure other people out. And I say the thing that people are afraid to, but it's not just like, yeah, wears skimpy clothing and flirts with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we tried to give like all of these archetypes also something like really charming about them and like hum- mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. relatable, personable. Yeah. A reason to be real excited about playing any one of them. Um, uh, which it's one of my favorite parts of the game looking back on it. It just feels like the game itself thinks that all of these characters are lovable and special and you're gonna do really great things as you play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a nice vibe. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you can see from the character sheet, it's it's pretty simple. I guess I I'll, I'll, can describe it because I know this is also a podcast. Like yes. you have your, yeah. your archetype, you have your archetype up at the top, whether it's like the flirt or the brain or the um, local rock star, you're gonna choose a goal. Um, you have some really basic employee info, like your name, your age, how long you've been employed at the store, your style. Um, You're going to have two relationships with other players. One is like Mm -hmm. cool. The other, your uncool relationship has just happened. Like something, like some big tension or fight has just happened between you and another character. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's it's pretty, it's honestly a more simple character sheet than I remembered. I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, we did a pretty good job distilling that down. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. um, uh, and then, yeah. And then of course you have this goal that you're working towards and mm-hmm. um, you're, you're picking the goal from a list. Like mm-hmm. you either want to confess your love or get a promotion. Um, there's a very simple progress tracker mm-hmm. for your goal. Where mm-hmm. There's just two boxes and one says, I'm determined. And the other says, I have a plan. And what happens is when you're trying to roll to achieve your goal, which is any scene where you decided like, this is going to be about my goal. So mm-hmm. I'm basically whatever the role outcome is, it's going to be about the store as a whole and my goal at the same time. And if you succeed, you achieve your goal. That's great. But if you fail, you instead get to make progress. You get to choose mm-hmm. like, okay, well that, that sucked. But, but, but I'm, I'm more determined. determined than ever. 
And that's um, going to give you an advantage every time you try to get your goal from then on. Yeah. So by the end, you know, if you've had trouble achieving your goal when you've tried early on in the game, by the end, you have those extra check marks and it's like pretty, you're setting yourself up for success. Mm hmm. Awesome. Um, and with the kind of relationships between characters, um, how do you set that up before the session starts? Like, how do you advise uh, the the facility, the GM, the boss uh, kind of structures that part of the game before it starts? Setting up relationships between characters. I yeah. think we're just setting yeah. up a relationship between it's like a, a person to our left and our right. Mm -hmm. um, so you're just going to sort of go around the circle and mm -hmm. kind of just ask them. You will have already kind of set up the basics of your character. So we're kind mm -hmm. of introducing each other and saying, like, I'm the aspiring i don't know why i keep forgetting like what all of our <laughs> archetypes are oh, wait, um, wizard, but yeah that I'm, <laughs> um, I'm the i'm the flirt like i've worked here for five years i kind of consider myself the boss like the de facto boss and the person mm -hmm. next to you is like oh like i i wrote down that i just got hired three days ago so like are you comfortable like if our relationship is sort of like a trainee thing like i'm you know mm -hmm. i'm being taken under your wing i'll kind of have a crush on you uh yeah so it's player driven you're just getting to chat it out mm -hmm. with the with your neighbors at the table see what works awesome. for them awesome i love doing that in any game so even games that have a bit more kind of a crunchier game like fate that does that at the beginning they say okay to your mm -hmm. left and your right so you have an established network of of uh relationship so it, it just gives you so much room to kind of role play as well and i like the very basic we cool or we not cool uh, <laughs> yeah. that's very that's, that gives you just uh permission to kind of create a bit of an angsty kind of situation i can i don't yeah. know if you had in play testing but i can just imagine someone's like oh we were together but we've recently broken up but we worked together and it's so awkward uh, yes exactly <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. really fun to come up with why things went wrong it is and it it was you know i <laughs> I think we had play tested a few different versions. I mean, some of them were like, are, is our relationship good or is it bad? And it ended up being like a really, really perfect to be like, okay, something just happened. Like our relationship isn't cool right now, but it just happened. And like, we're going to get cool again. Uh, mm -hmm. It just, it made the stakes a lot lower than being like, no, mm -hmm. we like, we hate each other. Um, yeah. It's yeah. more just like, hey, we like, we had a misunderstanding a few hours ago and we're mm -hmm. going to have the chance to make it right. Yeah. Do you have any kind of examples from playtesting or, or games you've played over the years of some like interesting kind of relationship dynamics as examples you could share? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Anything pop into your mind? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, there's so many. One, I feel like in Damn the Man Save the Music, it's nice because the cast of characters. Um, and initially, I think we were kind of imagining like, in Empire Records, most of the characters are pretty young. And in the mm -hmm. in Dan the Man, they end up spanning like a much wider age range, which is nice. So mm -hmm. it's often in games, people will be like, yeah, I'm like the 60 year old guy who's worked here forever. Um, and that just makes for cool relationships because also it's just like yeah. nice to have more intergenerational casts. So mm -hmm. um, I've like enjoyed almost every relationship that springs up around whoever's playing the space case. Yeah, that's the that is the character that I kept forgetting. The space case. What's the, tell me about that? The space case <laughs> has uh, you know they're a just kind of strange uh... way of looking at the world. It's a little yeah. hard to follow what they mean. Yeah, but they do. You know, they uncover strange truths. Yeah, the space case is a little bit adrift. You know, they. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And there's also like a, a very common goal and archetype pairing where whoever plays the space case mm -hmm. always makes their goal to find the lost cat. It's just like a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> the space case always only cares about finding the cat. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, Everybody amazing. in a relationship with a space case just ends up sort of following them around yeah. and almost like a Alice in Wonderland, okay. like dream state yeah. of like, we're going after a cat now. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I guess this will save the store somehow. <laughs> I can think of some archetypes you have. It sounds like to mine, you have like the stoner kid at school, school instantly, or you have the 90s mm -hmm. trope of the manic pixie dream girl you've got from that character I've got instantly from those. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's definitely yeah. different ways you could take it, which is great. Mm -hmm. I love that about rules lights kind of systems is that you can kind of take an idea and pick it up and run with it. And I think it's so fun when you play test them because people do things that you didn't anticipate. Not that they're an issue, but like you said, it, you maybe pictured it, everyone's pretty quite young in the store, but when you play test it, they're like, oh, I'm this, this six-year-old person that's been there forever. You're like, oh yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there are any other kind of bits and pieces in playtesting that came up like that, that kind of changed the game for the better or, or, or anything, or any changes, you know, like you said, from the original system that, that made the game kind of what it is or, or better. One thing that comes to mind for me is the very end of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Questlandia, it's the game's ancestor, uh, mm -hmm. ends with an epilogue where you're learning about like, what does my character do? Uh, do things go well or poorly for them? And then how do things go for the kingdom as a whole? In mm -hmm. Damn the Man Save the Music, the epilogue is something where you can, as a player, it, it's become like a bit of a storefront where you're sort of earning some resources that you can spend in your epilogue mm -hmm. to go around and do some last chances where you're oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I never managed to make it like get cool with this character. So as part of my epilogue, I'm going to have a short scene where we like finally reconnect. Or I'm going to mm -hmm. give like one last bonus role to try to find the cat finally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We um, want people to have the opportunity to like answer those unanswered questions. And, and then there's like some nice spicy little things on the list where you're like, oh, I could have like a final kiss to close out the night with somebody special. Yeah. So it, it just has like a very sweet, uh, mm -hmm. a sweet, satisfying ending. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. It sounds like you say very 90s movie. I'm getting, getting very all those references from it. And it's so nice that it's not like, uh, and as you say, it doesn't always have, with the ending, it doesn't have to end well because it could be that the record shop is saved or not is that the case or that's right yeah but you are yeah. guaranteed to have a party at least yes yeah so. no matter what happens like even if the store is literally burning to the ground there is always like a big party at the end where everybody's like oh yeah it was about the friends we made along the way <laughs> <laughs> that's great I love it. Yeah, the school has yeah. died, but we tried. Hey, we tried. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, amazing. It's really nice to have uh, an RPG um, which isn't like so down and dark and things. So we have all sorts of different, uh, different games on here. And we have some that's like about war and you're moving and you're doing battle. And then we have some more freeform ones that are like, oh, we're going to sit in a room and cry for three hours. And this, <laughs> yeah. this feels like a different space than that. And I love how that the kind of, um, the games industry has space for all these kind of different things and stuff. 
Um, yeah. This sounds like a really awesome game, uh, like a, a one shot to have with your friends. Um, and I don't know what um, advice you'd give to somebody that was going to bring it to the table for the first time and run it for their friends. What advice would you would give them? Oh, um, you know, it's such a, I, I think it's a really friendly game to run for a first time. Like it, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a friendly game for somebody who is, in fact, I, I, one of like my favorite memories of the game is that somebody had run the game for the first time on a podcast, like on the first episode of a podcast where they were wow. GMing a game and it was like their first ever game they were running and it was like going to be live on this podcast and it went great. And I feel like that was like yeah. a huge relief because also leading <laughs> into it, we're like, oh, this is like the stress test of like mm. this person's running the game for the first time, running yeah. any game for the first time. Um, so that's that's heartening. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. We've we've tried to put like a lot of support materials in the game, even down to just like having big font, which I feel like helps. <laughs> like just like it's easy to pick out the rules. Um, there's mm -hmm. just like a lot of guidance for things that you could do, and also it's a it's a lighthearted game. So just mm -hmm. you know, everybody should be having fun with it. <laughs> awesome. I agree. And, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah. you know, if you want to do a little extra credit, you can always put of together course. a playlist beforehand. That's, yeah, some that's, of the songs you'd like to bring to the table, if you'd like mm -hmm. to give a little backdrop to the montages. Yeah. Super extra credit, though. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine a lot of people do have that, though, because I think it's just such an easy way to do the settings like when you're in a record store they have music playing in the background and mm -hmm. you could even have it that the players are choosing ones because their character could be like oh hey did you hear this like a and puts it on like that i can imagine yeah. that could be a fun thing as well because yeah. yeah, yeah, people that work in record stores generally like music yeah <laughs> so i so i hear <laughs> uh, for the record stores that we still have uh available um that's awesome well I think are there any questions i should have asked you about the game that i haven't or um any cool uh, any things, you wanna... things that we didn't say? I don't. I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of it. I you mean, you could have. You could have asked Hannah if she ever recorded an original no. song <laughs> to go Hannah. with Kickstarter for this yeah. game. Hannah, <laughs> did you record an original song to go for the Kickstarter of the? Oh this my game? gosh! Well, it's so funny that you ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I think probably one of a small handful of role playing games that has an original song written for it so yeah it was a long time ago but we did we have a friend who's a musician and has like worked in like some of the like tv music industry and who was really really great and worked with us to record an original song for damn the band so if you really want to get in the spirit you can listen to that it's on youtube <laughs> it's on youtube yeah is it linked yeah. on your website so people can um, where's the best way for people to find that we should we'll we'll link it yeah we'll link it on our website we'll make I sure think it's it should there. be linked i yeah. feel a little self-conscious about link, it and but... i'll put it in the show notes <laughs> okay. Okay. okay all right we'll send so, you the link yeah Amazing. Great. So uh, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast, you can listen to the show notes. And if you're listening to the live stream, I will put it uh, somewhere on the EN live site so you can have a look at it there. Um, <laughs> so talking a bit about the journey of the game and, and kind of publishing, because I know some people listening have ideas for their own games and kind of want to want to get it out there. So you first kickstarted the game in, in 2017, uh, which it's obviously successfully backed. did very well. I think it was around like $20,000 or something. I think around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 
I don't know, with your experience of, of this and maybe other games with crowdfunding, do you have any uh, advice or, or tips for people that would be wanting to run their own crowdfunding campaigns? Oh, gosh. Um, this might be a good time to, to plug yeah, a podcast I guess we that can, we make, which is we all can... about, uh, about helping game designers called Design Doc, yeah, where we perfect. talk extensively about what it's been like to crowdfund, what we did right and what we did mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. If I was going to pull some like really like key uh, reflections from all of that, one thing would be limit your scope. Limit your scope as mm -hmm. much as you can to condense what you're offering down to what you're most excited to make. Mm -hmm. And oh God, the thing about Kickstarter is like you're going to start making some money and it's going to be feel really good. And then it's going to die off a little bit because there's a big spike at the beginning. And as it dies off and there's fewer people backing, you're going to feel mm -hmm. in your heart a deep, a deep panic, a deep <laughs> sense of I'm being left behind. I've been forgotten. I need oh, to no. offer more. We need stretch goals. Mm -hmm. uh, we need extra chapters. We need a gold-plated cover. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. resist. Resist. Yeah, yeah. Don't make those promises. Don't come up with new things during your campaign to try to make it bigger. Mm -hmm. Like stick to your guns of like do the things that you really care about and that you know you'll enjoy working on. Because no matter how much you do that, you're still gonna have to do a bunch of unpleasant work that you didn't plan to do. That's mm -hmm. guaranteed. You need to have something that you're truly just loving to pull you through all the hard parts that are coming. And you will regret over-promising in a <laughs> mm -hmm. desperate state if you do it. And that's, that's very really... sage advice. It's hard <laughs> advice. But yeah, I mean, Kickstarter is so, it's so exciting and it can mm -hmm. incentivize adding and and people can get really i mean like the the people who want your game can sometimes contribute to you know like like it's this collaborative environment where people are like what about this what about this wouldn't it be cool to have mm -hmm. this i would love to see this as part of the game and it can be mm -hmm. really important to be like okay i know the game that i want to make and <laughs> come in with sort of like a level head and resisting the temptation to just like add and add and to keep trying to get to the next level or mm -hmm. add a bunch of stretch goals. So remember yeah. that you can do another thing. Yeah. You know? This project will be what it's going to be. And you can, you can kickstart the same game. You could do mm -hmm. a whole nother Kickstarter for a second edition, for example. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Don't get smaller scope. Yeah. I I would totally agree on that as well. I think sometimes people feel that they have to have all the bells and whistles and minis and all this stuff. And generally just mm -hmm. having, the core product, a really tight, clean, simplistic thing that's a really clear offering often does a lot better. And also it's like you say, so much easier for you as a small publisher to, to manage the logistics and fulfillment of, which is the yeah. bit we all love and why we got into making games. That's why we got into yeah. games. Yeah, to like figure out freelancer taxes and- <laughs> And shipping yeah. rates. And, and shipping yeah. rates, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why we do it, that's, that's why we do it. That's um, uh, if you want to check out uh, that podcast design doc, though, um, I've linked that in the show notes for the podcast and it's on the screen right now if you're watching live as well and linked in there so you can check that out. Um, there. Uh, that's really awesome advice. I absolutely love that. Um, so speaking about publishing in general, do you have any other projects or, or things you're working on at the moment you'd like to share? 
yeah, we have we have a game that's just about to come out. Um, last year, we kickstarted a new edition of our first ever role playing game, Questlandia. It was out of print, uh -huh. and we wanted to bring it back in print, but it was also like we'd grown over time and there was a lot we mm -hmm. wanted to change. So we used that opportunity to update the rules and make it a better mm -hmm. game. It's taken much longer than we expected to finish, mm -hmm. but we hope that means it's good. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. We just got more and more ambitious as we worked. Yeah. You know, in the beginning we were just like bare minimum, correct the typos. Yeah. We'll be good. And then as we dug into it, we're just like, oh, this could be a little yeah. better. This so we, be we're also bad at taking our own advice because we do suffer <laughs> from scope creep too. Oh, it, it, it cracks. <laughs> we're bad at we're <laughs> bad at taking our own advice. Uh but yeah, it's it's at the printer right now. So right now we're just waiting. Uh, we're just waiting on it. And, you know, if you like, if Dan the Man interests you and you like the idea of this very small scope of things going wrong, you can mm -hmm. imagine it at like a world ending scale. <laughs> <laughs> and if that doesn't sound too stressful, then you might like Questlandia. Um, yeah, if that, yeah, if that's not, yeah, I, you could play Questlandia and then Dan the Man afterwards kind of have a calm down session in between. Yeah. 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 So kind of like and, when you have a big board game <laughs> night, you play the little games in between to just like de decompress yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or you yeah. can use it to zoom in to find out the fate of one little record store in the enormous fantasy kingdom that you <laughs> exactly. made the other night. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yes, Ooh. I like that actually. Yeah, I like we're that. Nesting our realities here. Cool. Yeah. Like it. It's kind of like a, a DCU multiverse kind of all connected yeah, type thing. Totally. <laughs> Love it. I'm here for that. Um, that's awesome. Um, so thanks for sharing that. So people can check this out on your website, I presume, on turtlebun.com. Mm -hmm. Um, and you also have a Patreon account as well. Could you tell us a little bit about that? How can people support you with that? Yeah, we also have a Patreon. Um, it starts at two dollars a month and uh, no matter what you give us on Patreon, every level gets the same thing. So like there's mm -hmm. no rewards that are locked behind higher levels. Uh, mm -hmm. We share first drafts of our game. So patrons like got to see the first draft of Questlandia. They caught oh, some cool. typos. It was great. <laughs> uh, we have we have an editor, but they still caught like really good things around mm -hmm. just like clarity and um, that that was awesome. Um, patrons also get like all of our little games, like games that we only release on itch.io, like little digital games they'll get mm -hmm. for, you know, I was going to say for free. No, they're supporting us massively yeah. every month. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they get those games and we also like do bonus content for our podcast where we talk about movies or just, you know, what we're up to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, we'll just record. Sometimes we'll just flip on the microphone and be like, how are you doing today? And just just <laughs> chat a little bit, share that with patrons. Yeah, they get to know uh, how we're doing today. They get to know how we're doing today for two dollars a month. Yeah, you get to know how we're doing today. <laughs> that seems like great value tonight. Excellent information there. So you can check that out, uh, total bun on Patreon as well. Uh, and I guess if people want to stay in touch and just ask you little questions, Twitter is the best place uh, to find you on there as well. Yeah. Um, so Turtle and Bun on Twitter there as well. That's awesome. Um, my last question I always ask people when they come on is if they have any recommendations for other tabletop RPGs. And the rules are that it can't be a game that you've made and it can't be a Dungeons and Dragons either. So do you have any recommendations? Do you Starting uh, at you, Evan. You're yeah. being like that. <laughs> Tag um, your it. I want to recommend Usagi Yojimbo, which okay. is based on a comic, the same name. It's made by Sanguine Productions. 
And it's a game where you play as samurai and ronin in Mm -hmm. medieval Japan. And it has a fascinating, intricate, unwieldy, complicated system of rules Mm -hmm. that on one hand is like, it's like it it rivals D&D in complexity. But on the Mm -hmm. other hand, it plays like an absolute story game where the results mm-hmm. that you're doing are cinematic and there's no hit points. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, like I've become disheveled or by taking this hit, it's revealed my secret identity or, you know, all the stakes are tied to narrative story-based outcomes. That's just immensely satisfying. Uh, and not many people know about it. So I like getting the word out. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's a great recommendation and it's very intriguing. I'm intrigued about, you know, playing samurais in that whole sort of world. So thank you for that. Hannah, do you have any recommendations? Uh, yeah. You know, my tastes are much less crunchy, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why that's I'm glad good. there's there's such a there's room for so many different types of games. Mm-hmm. Um, a game that I think like maybe one of the more recent role-playing games that I played is called Brindlewood Bay. And it's like Mm -hmm. a game where you, it seems like maybe you're familiar with it. Um, uh, It's a game where you play as a bunch of um, nice, like elderly ladies solving murder mysteries, Uh, sort of like (laughs) a la, you know, you love murder mysteries, like a la Agatha Christie, and then you get uh, wrapped up in one. And it's just like such a cute, little yeah. pleasant game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've not had the chance to play this yet, but it's on my radar and I'm so excited by the concept of it. So uh, that's a great recommendation. And by books, it's one I've already got on my list of things great. to check out and get the chance yeah. to play. Really uh, cute. Well, if, if you have a space in the game, let me know. I'll come and play for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, we're coming up to the end of the hour. So I'm going to wrap things up. So I'm going to say uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, chatting about your game. Um, obviously, I'll put the links in the show notes if people want to check out what you do and see any upcoming things you're doing. Um, but you know, thanks for so much for coming on. Thank you so much for yeah, having us. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. And thanks for everybody that watched. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with another tabletop RPG to introduce you to. Thanks so much for watching. Bye.